Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul exhorted us to put on the full armor of God. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have spiritual enemies. The devil and the demons are always working hard to undermine every aspect of our life and walk with Jesus. It is our responsibility to get dressed and prepared for this spiritual battle. Let's open our Bible now to Ephesians chapter 6 and learn how we can get dressed for battle and pray on and put on the full armor of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is a Monday afternoon here in Texas and hopefully y'all loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, growing to love Jesus, growing to, growing to examine yourself and to see the areas of your life that are, that are just not like Jesus. And, and I'm telling you, it, it's a daily process. I, uh, I, I consistently, daily, see areas of my life that are that are that are not in line with Christ areas of of my heart areas of, of my thought processes and things that that need to grow and mature in Christ right all of us ought to be practicing this kind of self-examination now the point of this is not in any way for guilt or shame or for condemnation right none of those are the Lord doesn't do any of those things right? It's, there ought to be a conviction, right? The Holy Spirit brings conviction in believers um, when things are out of place, right? And so when we study the word of God and we look at it, it's a mirror to us. James 1 says, right? If anyone looks into the word of God, Stephen, it's like, you know, a man looking at himself in the mirror, right? So when we read the scriptures, the scriptures, we read them, we see what it says, and then we examine ourselves in light of it. So the scripture reflects, you know, how things ought to be. And when we look into the scriptures, just like when we look into a mirror, when you look into a mirror and your hair is messed up, right? And you're just, you know, your, your skin is dirty or whatever problems you're having, the mirror is there to show you what's out of place so you can make the adjustments. It's the same with the scriptures. So it's exciting teaching. Today is the 12th and uh, final teaching in a in the book of Ephesians, we're going to do Ephesians 6, um, and we're going to do verses, um, you know, 13 through 24. Um, it's been, it's just an incredible book. It's been a blessing. Um, just like with the other books, I just, uh, I don't know, it feels to me like so much more could be said about, uh, about this book of Ephesians. It just, again, it's, uh, just feels to me inadequate, but we have what we have. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you for this incredible book of Ephesians. We thank you for this study, Father. I thank you, Lord, for all that went into it. I thank you for Stephen, who works with me, and, and we do these recordings. I thank you for all the guys in Kingdom D and all of our study that we've put into this, Lord, on Tuesday morning and this past Friday that... Uh, that have really helped to go into these things. So, Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, we do ask you to lead us and guide us now. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. 
Our desire, Lord Jesus, is to know you better. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We honor you and bless you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Father, help us. Help us, Father, to love our Lord Jesus Christ. Convict us, Holy Spirit, that we would love our Lord Jesus Christ with a love that never dies, an undying love. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Um, you recall at the end of the last teaching, you know, Paul said in verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Right, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, in the invisible realms. Our struggles not with people, not with human beings, right? Um, we have a spiritual enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, right? And in all the demons. Right? They are an enemy to humanity. And John 10.10 10 says that, that uh, the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? The demon's goal is to, is to bring a lack of unity, a lack of harmony. It's to bring bitterness. Demons want to bring unforgiveness, anger, hatred, discord, jealousy, all of these things. Um, you know, the demons are putting thoughts in our minds in believers and unbelievers okay the battleground for spiritual enemies the devil and demons is our mind okay um they 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 have the capacity to put thoughts or suggestions into our minds so when you've noticed in your life when you've just you know 
when just out of nowhere, you could just start getting irritable, you can start getting bitter, you could start getting frustrated. All of a sudden, you'll remember some past slight or how you were wronged or disrespected or ill-treated or how someone was selfish to you. And you will you can meditate on it for a little while. And pretty soon, you're, you're, you're angry all over again as if it just happened, right? Um, and so we also have a sinful nature, right? And it's exacerbated by these, these evil spiritual forces. Now, there are, there are obviously spiritual forces of good in the holy angels, right? Um, it's important to understand that our Heavenly Father or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, they are not the opposite to Satan, okay? Not by any means, not in even the smallest way. Okay, the opposite, the opposite to Satan would say be Archangel Michael or Archangel Gabriel. Okay, extremely powerful angels. Okay, but there is no opposite. Jesus is God. Jesus created Satan and um, Archangel Michael and Archangel Gabriel and all the all the angels and demons. Right. Um. You know, it's important to understand that they were all angels at one time, um, but the scripture makes it clear to us that, you know, uh, you can see it in Revelation 12, that there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the devil and his angels. And it says that the devil took a third of the angels from heaven and they rebelled against the Lord and they were defeated in heaven and they were cast down to the earth. And so those angels have become demons, right? So, um, so Paul says in light of this, therefore put on the full armor of God, verse 13, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. Okay. Um, so it's interesting. He says, and after you have done everything, we want to continue to be strengthened in the Lord, right, Esther? We want to continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus, right, Lens? We want to continue to mature, Alicia. We want to continue to, to, continue to, to, to spend time in our devotion to Jesus, growing in Jesus, right? Um, getting stronger in Jesus because he says, and after you have done everything to now stand in the armor of God, right? Um, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, this is important, Becky, okay? Um, I mean, we, uh, uh, you know, we have an enemy that really desires to steal, kill, and destroy everything in our life that we hold dear, every joy, every ounce of relationship we have with Jesus. And, uh, you know, he's on a leash, right? Um, the devil and the demons can, can only, they only have as much power as Jesus allows them to have, number one, right? Um, but the Lord is using them and allowing them to do certain things, and ultimately, it's for our good, right? But make no mistake, our Heavenly Father is in complete control, as is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We have a triune God, right? But it's interesting, he says in verse 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, not if, regrettably, when, you may be able to stand your ground, okay? Meaning we, we're not defeated or pushed back by these spiritual forces of evil. And after you have done everything, 
and after you have done everything, right, Jesse? After we are, are growing to know Jesus, spending time with Jesus, spending time in the word of God, spending time in repentance and repenting over the ways that, that we make mistakes and, and where, we, where, you know, where we have fallen, right? I'm, I'm consistently asking brothers and sisters in Christ seemingly to forgive me because I say something or I get overly frustrated or I'm impatient, um, you know, or I say something that was hurtful. And so we, again, we want to consistently have a lifestyle of, of just, uh, you know, of getting right and, and being instruments of peace, right? As Paul's going to say here at the end, peace to the brothers, right? And after you have done everything to stand, Okay. Every morning I actually go through a, uh, every morning I actually go through a routine where I pray on and put on the full armor of God spiritually. Okay. Um, you know, and I've, again, I've done this for so many years, 20 something years now. Um, but I just started doing it every day again. I don't know how long it was a few years ago. I, I wasn't doing it, but then I started praying on this armor of God every day. And so this is how I pray on the armor of God. Personally, this is something I developed with the Lord. Um, and again, we'll get into it as we go down in the scriptures, but I'm going to do this now. So feel free to, you know, use this prayer. Um, but again, you want to get dressed when you wake up in the morning. It's a prayer that I do normally in the first 15 or 20 minutes. Normally, that I'm awake. Sometimes I'll, you know, I, you know, I, I won't think of it and I'll, I'll do it a little later in the morning, but normally it's something I'll do, you know, in the first 15 to 30 minutes that I'm awake. And so this is how I do it. I'll say, father, in the name of Jesus, I now pray on and put on the full armor of God. Right now, when I do this, I actually, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see me, but I actually use my hands to put on these things, to lock in these pieces. So I'll raise my hand to, to my head like I'm putting on, you know, this helmet of salvation. I'll actually, you know, like I'm holding a helmet and I'll like raise it up to my head like I'm putting on a helmet. Right. So, you know, I'm spiritually getting dressed. I'll actually hold up my my left arm. Like there's a shield there, like I'm picking up the shield of faith, right? I'll lock in over my chest and heart that breastplate of righteousness. I'll I'll take and I'll strap that belt in and I'll, you know, you put the hook in and lock that belt in for that that belt of truth. And I'll lock down those those two shoes, those shoes of the of the gospel of peace. And then with my right hand, I'll pick up that sword of the spirit. And I, I picture that sword, that Bible in my hand, which is our only offensive weapon. And so I do this as I'm praying this. I'll say again, Father, in the name of Jesus, I now pray on and put on the full armor of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I now pray on and put on the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Father, I pick up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And again, so I get dressed from the bottom up. I put my shoes on, right? Then I put on the belt of truth. Then I lock down the breastplate of righteousness. Then I put on the helmet of salvation. Then I pick up the shield of faith in my left hand and the sword of the spirit in my right hand. 
So after that small prayer, I'll get more extensive. I then go on to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you now to baptize me, to immerse me, to cleanse me, to wash me, to bathe me, to shower me, to sanctify me anew and afresh in the peace of Christ, in my peace of Christ, in the truth of Christ, in the righteousness of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the mind of Christ, in my mind of Christ, and in my salvation in Jesus Christ, my Lord, in the faith of Christ, and in the word of God, the living word of God, and in Jesus Christ, the living word, my living word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every morning, I pray on the armor of God in that way. Again, I pray it on in the first prayer where I just quickly pray on each piece. And then I break down the qualities of the pieces. And I, and I pray according to, to what, you know, the meaning in those pieces, right? Um, so again, you can go back. You can rewind. And again, I'll do it again quickly. Father, in the name of Jesus, I now pray on and put on the full armor of God. In the name of Jesus, Father, I now pray on and put on the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Father, I pick up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to, to, to right now, I ask you again to baptize me, immerse me, to cleanse me, to wash me, to bathe me, to shower me, to sanctify me anew and afresh in the peace of Christ in my peace of Christ, in the truth of Christ, in the righteousness of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the mind of Christ, in my mind of Christ, and in my salvation in Jesus Christ, my Lord, in the faith of Christ, and in the word of God, the living word of God, and in Jesus Christ, the living word, my living word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's the prayer. Again, I pray every day getting dressed, okay? When you get up out of bed, you get dressed in your clothes, but we got to get spiritually dressed for the day, right? Because we don't struggle, verse 12, against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Um, I mean, it's, it's real. Again, you notice in here there are apparently ranks um, in the, in the spiritual forces, there are ranks in the demons. There are different levels of authority, different levels of strength. The same thing with the angels. There are clearly different ranks and powers among these beings, right? All right. After you've done everything, verse 13, now we stand verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Boom. We got that belt of truth locked in. The belt of truth represents the truth of the word of God. You got it locked down in that day, right? You're locked into the truth of the word of God, the truth that Jesus Christ is your savior, the truth that you're a hopeless, helpless, desperate sinner, and that only in Jesus Christ can you be forgiven of your sin and avoid an eternity in hell, separated from God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And only in Jesus, it's only the truth that only in Jesus can you go and spend eternity in heaven. 
um, lock down that the Bible is the word of God, right? And lock down that it's going to be a day of truth, that you're going to speak the truth, okay? Stand firm then with the belt of, belt of truth buckled around your waist, that wherever you go, you're going to speak the truth, right? Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, okay? Um, you got that, that breastplate of righteousness in place. The, 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 the breastplate protects your heart. Uh, you, you remind yourself that in Jesus Christ that you are credited with the very righteous life that Jesus lived. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17, right? We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to go over there and, 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 and read it. I believe that's right. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All right. So, no, that's not what I was looking for. Um, all right. Verse 18. 2 Corinthians 5. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 19. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed us to this ministry of reconciliation. Verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. Okay. You see that in Christ, we, we have the same righteousness as Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ, this incredible exchange happens. That's there's really no words for right. Nathan, the perfect righteous life that Jesus lived is credited to you and I as if we lived it, the life that Jesus lived when he walked the earth. And all of our sin and wickedness and disobedience and rebellion, all our sin, past, present, and future, is credited to Christ at the cross. That exchange is the very heart of the Christian gospel. It's incredible. So stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So knowing that you are made right with God, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you actually are as righteous as Jesus before God, positionally and spiritually. Now, we do not, we still have a sinful nature and we still live sinful lives as believers. But with that breastplate of righteousness in place, it's an intention to also live this day in the righteousness of Christ. Not only do we have the righteousness of Christ, <clears throat> but we ought to be living this day, right, Kristen? Thinking about what's right so we can do what's right just because it's right in everything, right? We ought to have an intention to live a righteous life. Verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Okay, so again, you're reminding yourself that you have peace with God, that you have these these shoes of peace. The gospel of peace is locked down, um, that you're at peace with God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not only that, but you're going to look to be an instrument of peace 
wherever you go. You're going to look to, in Jesus Christ, be an instrument of peace and reconciliation with, with, with anyone that you're not reconciled with, right? Um, but you're going to look to help others be at peace with Jesus Christ. The scripture is clear that, that we are at war with God if we're not in Jesus Christ. So we want to be an instrument of peace and bring peace. I mean, to look at the church today, you know, and again, I I fail at this myself uh, more than I I care to admit, but I do. But it's very hard for us to get along as a church, right? With all the little churches we have going around, I mean, we we need to get along better. And it would often seem that that we would rather have strife and disagreement um, than we would to have to have peace. Now, by no means are we going to compromise the scriptures. But again, we want to be instruments of peace with one another and as a church at whole, as a whole, around the truth of the word of God and the son of God. 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So again, in my left hand, I pick up this shield of faith and it's this big shield, right? And it says, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So you have this picture of the devil and the demons continually throwing these fiery darts, these, these, these terrible thoughts, these ungodly thoughts, these thoughts of anger and bitterness and selfishness and, you know, perverted desires and greed and, you know, just selfish thoughts, right? Um, and we do that by faith, right? In addition to all this, we take up the shield of faith. By faith in the Son of God and in the Word of God, okay, is how we're going to extinguish by our faith in Jesus Christ, okay, is how we extinguish all the attacks of the devil and the demons, right? Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the helmet of salvation. Again, you put that helmet on your head and that protects your mind, okay? You're you're guarding your mind in Christ Jesus, right? I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that says, right, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, right? You got that helmet of salvation on, which reminds you that you are saved, right? That you're saved by faith alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, right? Um, and, and that helmet guards your mind, right? Um, and so I'm looking in 2 Corinthians 5, 10 here, right? Um, oh, that's 1 Corinthians. All right, I got to get to 2 Corinthians here. 2 Corinthians 5.10, right? Um, He says in verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, okay, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. So again, when thoughts come into our minds, when the fiery darts come into our minds, we got that helmet of salvation over our mind. We know that we're locked in Jesus Christ. We're part of the bride of Christ and the body of Christ. Um, and we're in community with our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? We're filling our mind with the word of God. 
okay? And so we have the helmet of salvation on, okay? Again, we know that we're saved in Jesus Christ, that we're redeemed, that we have spiritual life, that we have eternal life, that Jesus actually lives inside of us. And again, we remind ourselves all these things and we take captive thoughts, right? We, we, we dismiss the thoughts. Again, sometimes, as I already said, you know, I can allow myself to go down a, a train and pretty soon I'm angry and, and upset and frustrated and impatient all over again. Forgive me, Lord. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay. So a few observations here. Um, you notice you only have one offensive weapon. Okay. All the other, all the other weapons are defensive, right? They protect your head, your heart, right? The belt of truth, right? Just to, to just to hold up the, you know, all, all the other pieces, uh, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith. But now you have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You notice how the word of God is called the sword. Of the Holy Spirit, okay? The Word of God is inspired by the Spirit of God, okay? This is actually, this is actually God's Word given to us by the Spirit of God, okay? And so you take up this Bible, Scott, right? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the only offensive weapon. It's what we go forward with doing battle with these spiritual forces is that we're not standing in our own strength, right, Randy? We're standing in the word of God, Pop. We're standing in the son of God, Susan. Rep, we're standing in the scriptures, right? And when thoughts come into our minds and we have a lack of faith, right, Kristen? We, we take that word of God and we beat them back, right? Proclaiming the word of God over ourselves, our lives, our families, our brothers and sisters in Christ. The word of God. This is why we do this, right? This is why we teach the word of God. It's to, you know, it's to establish us and to drive back, right? To fight back against the enemy. Again, it's the only offensive weapon we have is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it is more powerful than anything the enemy can bring. Golly, verse 18. And pray in the spirit, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. When he says pray in the Spirit, he's clearly saying, you know, pray being led by the Spirit, but he's also uh, speaking about speaking in tongues, right? For those of you that, that speak in tongues and pray in the Spirit, certainly we're to be led by the Holy Spirit in our prayers. But, you know, for those of us who have a, a prayer language, um, you know, um, you know, who speak in tongues again, which is not a, an earthly language, right? Which is a, you know, a, a heavenly language given us by the Holy Spirit. Most of the time we don't know what we're saying, um, but we believe by faith that the Spirit of God is, uh, you know, knows what we're saying and, and we don't understand what we're saying. And so we're praying in the Spirit. In the end of Jude, uh, the book of Jude, he says, and pray in the Spirit and build yourself up in your most holy faith in the spirit. Um, and so again, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So certainly you want to pray, um, you know, and just be led by the spirit and just 
pray and you know whatever comes to your mind right and pray obviously using your your natural faculties pray like we do here right pray with your normal understanding and then again if you have a prayer language and speak in tongues consistently do that on all occasions right with this in mind be alert with this in mind with the armor of god locked in standing strong in jesus with this in mind okay going on the offensive in the word of God with this in mind, be alert. Okay. Again, oftentimes as Christians, we can just be asleep on our feet, be alert. And look what he says. And always keep on praying for all the saints. The word saints there doesn't mean just the super Christians. Doesn't mean the Pope or popes that have passed. It doesn't just mean mother Teresa. Every true and genuine Christian is a saint. All your brothers and sisters in Christ are called saints in the Bible. We're not living as saints. No one does. We, we all still live and make mistakes and sin. Um, but in Christ, right, we are righteous and we are positionally holy, as we already talked about before our Heavenly Father, right? With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Do you have a lifestyle of praying for others? for praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Always keep on praying for all the saints. You ought to consistently have a prayer life of intercession where you're consistently lifting up others in your life, those in your family, the friends in your circle, those that you know that are not saved, that haven't received Jesus Christ in your family and amongst your friends, anyone the Lord has in your life that you're in relationship with. Um, that doesn't know Jesus, you ought to be praying for them, that they would come to know Christ as their Savior. And you ought to consistently be praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ, those you're in relationship with, and for the specific things. You pray for them knowing the different aspects, the different struggles, the different difficulties, the different situations that are going on in their lives. Okay, Do you have a lifestyle of praying for others? Paul says here, and always keep on praying for all the saints. Verse 19, pray also for me. This is interesting. Paul asked for personal prayer here, and we ought to ask for personal prayer. Um, that's something I want to do more. Y'all pray for me, please. Everyone pray for me. Just pray that I would be a, a just uh, that I would just live my life in the fear of God and I would walk with Jesus more intimately. Please pray for me that I would hear from the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit. Please pray for me that I would facilitate the grace of God in my life to lead a more holy and Christ-like and Christ-centered life in everything. Pray for me that I wouldn't be so dense and so uh, slow to understand and slow to learn things that, that often other people seemingly learn fairly easily, but I'm just a little slow on the uptake. Please pray for me. Paul says, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, and I'll take this prayer too, please. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Paul was locked up for the gospel. He actually wrote this letter, right, under house arrest, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Why does Paul say that? Because sometimes, you know, claiming the gospel, sharing the gospel with others who really don't want it, it's scary, right? I mean, we get rejected. People say no. In other countries, you can be killed. You can be arrested, right? Um, pray that I may declare it fearlessly 
as I should. If we're candid, for, for really all of us, sharing the gospel is a hard thing. It's a, it's a scary thing. And so we pray and ask for help, right? Pray that I may declare it. You know, uh, they were, Paul was asking his brothers and sisters in Christ, and we ought to be praying for one another. I don't do this enough. As a matter of fact, you know, Father, I do ask you to help us one and all. I ask you to help all the guys in Kingdom D and all of our wives and family and children and, and all those who listen to this these videos, Lord, all my brothers and sisters in Christ, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help us, Father. Help us, Holy Spirit, to, to declare the gospel fearlessly as we should. And Father, I do pray that when I open my mouth and when we open our mouths, words may be given us so that we will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Thank you, Lord. 21, Tychicus the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what, I'm, what I am doing. Could that be said of you, right? Is that said of you, Lauren? Would it say Lauren, the dear sister and faithful servant in the Lord? How about you, Wendy? Would he say that? Would he say, Wendy, the, the dear sister and faithful servant in the Lord? Jose, would he say that about you? Jose, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord. I'll tell you, that's for the Apostle Paul to give you that compliment that's, uh, that speaks a lot of Tychicus here, right? Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord. May this ought to be all of our desires for your name to be put there. May the dear sister and faithful sister in the Lord. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. So Tychicus is going to inform them what's happening with Paul in Ephesus. Verse 22, I am sending him to you for this very purpose. So again, who is Paul sending? Who does the Lord send? The more you grow to know Christ, the more you grow to walk out this entire book of Ephesians, the more you grow to know the scriptures and live for Jesus and repent when you fall short, the more you will become a dear brother or sister and a faithful servant in the Lord. And like Tychicus, you'll be sent by the Lord to serve him and to accomplish his purposes. And I will more and more. I am sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. As servants of the Lord, it's our job to build up the body of Christ, to encourage them to walk with Christ, to live for Christ. Right, Nathan? We ought to be encouraging one another and building them up in the Lord. Verse 23 Peace to the brothers. See that? Peace to the brothers. Again, are you an instrument of peace or strife? Okay. It's so hard because our pride is so bad. Pretty much all the disagreements come in the church because there is pride at the center of it. The enemy has done a masterful job. Okay. It's a problem in every single church in the world. Okay, it's a serious problem. Okay, I've been doing this with, 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 with a certain amount of intensity and focus for 25 years, and I've never, ever, ever seen, and I've been around a lot, and certainly it starts in me in my own heart, that, that our lack of peace is a pride that we know best. We're the leaders, we're the pastors, we're the elders. We know what we're doing. It's, it's an embarrassment to Jesus, and it's something that I certainly need to take more serious, much more serious, and we all do. 
Again, we need to start coming together as a body of Christ and as a church. Just so much more. And just to do that, we really have to put our pride down that we just, we just know everything. Peace to the brothers, verse 23, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, do you want those spiritual blessings? Do you want this peace to the brothers in love with faith? You know, most of us spend our lives chasing the material things, right? That's what we want most. But I'll say, if we could have anything, it'd be nice to have love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, one and all, give us, give us love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You certainly have it. But Holy Spirit, we want to experience we certainly want to experience peace with the brothers and I ask you to forgive us, forgive me, where we have woefully failed in that. And love with faith. We want love with faith. We want to experience love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, we're not going to make compromises so we can all get along, but at the same time, we can put our pride down and start being instruments of peace, not only in the church, but in our families and, and, you know, in all our relationships, right? Finally, verse 24, grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. I mean, that's the last verse of Ephesians. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. I want more of that grace. Do you love Jesus with an undying love? Is Jesus on your mind, right? This is how the book ends, right? The book doesn't end with grace to all who love God. It doesn't say grace to all who love your father or the Holy Spirit. And all these things are important. It was Jesus. It was Jesus who became a human man for you and I. It was Jesus who lived the perfect life that we could not live on our behalf and in our place. It was Jesus who died a torturous death on the cross that we deserve to die. And it's Jesus Christ that's alive and risen today. And it's only in Jesus that we can be forgiven of our sins. It's only in Jesus that we can avoid an eternity in hell separated from the triune God. It's only in Jesus that we can have eternal life and spiritual life. So do you know Jesus today? Have you received Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior? John 1.12 says, Yet to... Yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you received Jesus Christ? Jesus, out of his own words in John 14, 6, said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. His own words, no one. You cannot be forgiven of your sin come into relationship with God the Father and go to heaven, except in and through Jesus Christ. Jesus' own words, John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Are you sure that Jesus Christ is living in you? Are you trusting and relying and clinging to him today, David, for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul? If you're not sure, Romans 10, 13 promises that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not our words that save us, right? Well, what does he mean by that, right? We, you, we do use our words to communicate our heart to Jesus. Have you called on him? 
Have you called on Jesus, Matthew, sincerely? Again, it's not just puppeting words. To call on the name of the Lord and the promise of salvation is to come before the Lord, knowing, certain that you are a hopeless, helpless, desperate sinner and only hell awaits. But you believe that Jesus Christ came into this world. You believe the Bible, that he lived a perfect life for you, died a perfect death for you, and has been raised from the dead. And out of that place, you call on him and receive him as your Lord and Savior. So if you're not sure, you can just pray this prayer and use the words I use. But again, it's the sincerity, the genuineness, the authenticity of your heart that obviously matters. Just simply go before him and call on him and pray, Lord Jesus I confess I'm a sinful person, Lord. I know that I've done wrong. And Lord Jesus, I know that I am indeed hopeless and helpless and desperate. Lord Jesus, I know that without you, only eternal hell awaits. But Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I do believe you came into this world and lived a perfect, righteous life, even for me. And I believe you died a perfect, righteous death even from me. And Lord Jesus, I believe you are alive and risen today. And therefore, I ask you now, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart. Lord Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I ask you to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Heavenly Father, it's in Jesus' name I pray all these things. Amen and amen. Again, if you prayed that prayer, and again, you, you genuinely meant it, then the promise of the word of God is that you will be saved. Okay? Obviously, if we just puppet the words, okay, the Lord knows the difference if our heart means the things we're saying. So again, if you're not sure, if you don't have, you know, if you're not certain that you know Jesus, you might say, I, I believe in Jesus, but you know, I don't know if I'm trusting in him and relying on him. Well, just, again, use the words I use and continue to pray and ask the Lord to soften your heart. If you desire to be saved and you call out to him in that way, out of an earnest desire, you will be saved. God has given his word. He's given his word. Well, Father, we thank you for this incredible book of Ephesians. Father, again, I'm so blessed. And uh, Lord, I'm very moved. I'm, I'm just blessed just for this. You know, Lord, it's such a privilege. Again, I confess, Father, that it's just, I just confess it's been so inadequate, Lord. But I thank you for just uh, just allowing us to, to teach your word, allowing me to teach your word, Father. And uh, we thank you for this book of Ephesians. We thank you for the the 12 teachings, Father, we thank you for the revelation that's come from it. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we worship you today and we thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal these, these teachings to our hearts. Seal it to our hearts. Help us, Holy Spirit, and convict us to get dressed in the armor of God every day and to, and to pick up that sword of the spirit, to pick up the word of God every day as we go into this battle with the spiritual forces of evil. 
Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you again. We thank you for this book. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal it to our hearts now. We, we ask as we go that you give us eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear him. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.